Hello and welcome to Curiously Enough. This is a space to shine a light on the shadows we hide in. This is a conversation to relieve the heaviness of silenced topics. Here's to getting honest and getting real, feeling inspired and less alone. Thank you for joining me on this road to rediscovering the truth of who we are. I am so happy to introduce our guest for this week's podcast and someone I deeply value in my own life, Dr. Melissa Brown Wenrich. Dr. Melissa is the founder of Nashville Brain and Body, located in Nashville, Tennessee. She graduated from Logan University in 2005 and is a board-certified functional neurologist. During her doctorate program, she focused her studies on pediatrics, pregnancy, and nutrition. Since graduating, she has continued her education and is certified in acupuncture, is a board-certified chiropractic neurologist, among many other certifications. Dr. Melissa has completed her fellowship training in concussion and mild traumatic brain injury and vestibular rehabilitation, childhood development disorders, and movement disorders. Dr. Melissa utilizes a wide array of brain-based treatments such as chiropractic, clinical neurology, nutrition, and acupuncture to effectively help clients reach their full health and potential. Welcome, Dr. Melissa. Hi, Grace. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to dive into your story. I'm excited to be here too. Thank you. Yes. So let's, I guess, start with, uh, you've told me a little bit about your story, but hearing it from you of what led you to care so deeply about your patients and their stories, if we focus first on your story of finding your voice and your worthiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I guess I always knew my mom had found something when I was actually in chiropractic school. Um, and we, I grew up in a really small town, one stoplight in Kentucky, and um, grew up in a hardware store. And just um, super simple life and not too many um, practitioners besides your, your regular good family, family medicine doctors that could do everything from delivering babies to, you know, taking care of a heart attack. Um, And so, but I had written on something, I think she said it was from the third grade she found. And it said, when I grow up, I will heal people with my hands. Mm. And I didn't, I mean, obviously I did not remember writing that, nor did she. And it popped up, you know, 20 years later, um, which was interesting. So I guess in some part um, and in some way, my story was already already written you know like we already had that um just that innate that innate drive that our path was already there and I just had to um get there myself you know like catch up to that so um I was the uh perfectionist child and always wanting to do everything and be everything and be the best friend, you know, make sure everyone was okay. <laughs> didn't like confrontation. <laughs> didn't like, um, like everything has to be good all the time. Um, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a Southern thing too, where it's like, Oh, as long as it's tied up in a really pretty bow on the outside, um, everything on the inside is good. Mm. And as we all know, that is completely dismantled as we get older, um, when we figure out that we can't keep like that 
And it's not healthy to function like that because it's going to come out in one way or the other. Um, and for me, it was um, relationships and choosing unhealthy relationships. <laughs> Whereas like everything else in my life, I had a really great voice. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, you know, stand up for people and stand up for others where this whole time I couldn't stand up for myself. And that was a hard one to realize. But yeah, just finding that voice, it was, it was uh, not easily found when it came to relationships. And I always tell patients it's going to come out somewhere. We just don't know where, <laughs> whether that's choosing really bad men or women or sex or drugs or alcohol or food. Um, it's going to come out. Like I've been there. I know how hard it is to speak up when you don't want to talk about something that's really, really hard. But oh, on the other side of that is where we find so much healing. And because of that, that's kind of where I've, where it's led me now, where I've let my heart lead me to what my next thing is. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And, you know, I've heard bits and pieces of it, but hearing it again altogether, it's, it's so, um, you know, I'm honored by your vulnerability and also how neat it is to hear that, like, finding your voice was, was the thing that basically unleash this power for you to be a voice for others. I mean, as a holistic practitioner, you're already fighting. I don't want to use the word fighting, but maybe we can um, <laughs> being a little bit different than the traditional medical approach to a lot of different things. And um, if anyone didn't know already, Dr. Melissa has been my doctor for a bit now. And um, I will never go back to traditional medicine because I was treated so differently when I met you. And I think that's something that's so powerful about that is like you, you use your voice to let me share mine. And so thank you, first of all, and I know you've done that for a lot of other people, but it's just so fascinating to me that this is what is like the big catalyst in healing is allowing people to be open about their stories because you are open about who you are and giving them that space. And so I guess I would then ask you like, why to you, why is it so important for people to share their story? Cause that was the first thing you asked me as a patient was when did this begin? What was the story? Um, so yeah, I'll let you kind of take yeah. on that. I know my answer, but your experience <laughs> is different. <laughs> well, I think, um, first of all, you know, it's not, it's not anything new. Like this should just be basic healthcare. Absolutely. And that's it. And it shouldn't be this alternative. It shouldn't be this, you know, we say a lot in functional medicine, it shouldn't be, it should be medicine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just plain, you walk into a room and you feel safe enough and you feel heard. And none of us are going to get to the root of our problem if we have seven to 10 seconds to talk in a room with a provider. That just is not going to get us anywhere. And unfortunately, you know, we have a lot, you know, just kind of on the healthcare side of things, we just, we have a lot to change. And um, a lot of this being driven, you know, by insurance and all of that, I get it. Like you have to see so many patients to keep your lights on as a provider now. And 
it's unfortunate because patients are going to fall through the cracks and never get well. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's, yes, it may look great. Oh, here, let's give you this prescription. Let's do this, you know, with, you know, a quick adjustment. I'll say that, you know, in my profession too, like, oh, let's get you in and out and you see your chiropractor for two minutes. You know, like they, you can't really know someone's story in that short of a time. Mm-hmm. So that story is where we find answers because if not, we're going to miss something. And I, and I have been, I've missed things for so many years and you think that you can kind of, you know, Oh, this is, this is what your problem is. Let's fix this. When in reality, we didn't ask them about, you know, what, what happened when you were young or I just had a patient the other day and I've been seeing her for a little bit and so much anxiety and we're, you know, she's doing a lot better. We've had a lot of structural issues as well. And finally, I'm just like, can we please like set some time to just talk and go through your story? And it was, it was hard because I think no one's given her that space. And there was a horrible traumatic experience that happened to her as a teenager. Mm. And she just opened up and let go. And I think about all the years of back pain or headaches. Um, and all these different things that just, it never, that part of her life hasn't been healed yet. And it was, and unless I took the time, like took that extra 15 minutes to try to dive in with her, I would have never known that about her. Yeah. And those are the things that matter because that now has her, you know, we have therapy on board. We have, you know, we have this system and that's how I love to work. And I'm so fortunate in Nashville that we have a lot of really good providers that love hearing people's stories and know that they matter and coming together because I can't do it all. You know, the trauma therapist can't do it all. You know, all these different people, like we have to work together to get someone um, to help someone get healthy and help someone deal with whatever horrible things have happened or their struggles with, you know, infertility or, just not being treated like a person. And I think, you know, that's where taking those few extra minutes to let someone tell, tell their story is, is really everything. Cause you can, you know, I can do every lab test, but that's not going to help me if I don't know your story. Exactly. Right. I mean, you, you can't like, Oh, labs look great. Thyroid numbers look great. You're good. Mm-hmm. That patient's not well, they don't feel well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where we, uh, you know, we need to step up. And, and I know it's hard when providers are in systems where they're required to see so many people. And it's, uh, it's a shame that I'm, I'm choosing to do otherwise because that's no fun. And you end up not getting, you know, you're not helping people as much as you can help them. And, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it is a little bit, you know, you have to take longer with patients and, and do a little bit more work. But but that story and creating that safe space, if that's all I do during my day, that's a lot because I've, you know, try to be present, try to create a space where they can walk in and feel like they belong. Yeah. And as human as humans, that's really all we need. Yeah. And I, I think too, it's like, you may be the third doctor they've seen, the 10th doctor they've seen, or the first doctor within, you know, the scope of whatever they're dealing with. They may have never seen a therapist. Maybe they've been to a bunch, but mm-hmm. hitting 
hitting like your space and getting into your space or someone else that's doing something similar and honoring stories, that might be, like I said, that catalyst moment of, of change for someone. Um, because again, absolutely, there's plenty of environments that we say are safe spaces, but if a person doesn't feel like they can be heard and that someone's going to really listen to them carefully enough to work with them for and move forward, it's not safe. It's a very fine line of feeling safe. Um, and so I, I just love hearing that and, and how many people will find healing because our, our bodies are, are not disconnected from our minds. And, and yet we so, so often compartmentalize mm. um, that mm-hmm. what we're going through has nothing to do with our story. And it's like, your body's been there the whole time. Of course it does. And there's so much research <laughs> yes. to back this up. So here's some books <laughs> until you believe. Here are all the books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's all um, the research that, yeah, that that happens. And I, uh, yeah. And it's just, thank goodness you're doing this and, and getting more um, and just putting your story out there, Grace, because it, mm-hmm. you know, it helps, it helps so many people, you know, like they don't just so someone doesn't feel alone in their exactly. journey. Exactly. Cause it is, it, it can become very isolating um, when you can't, especially when we're talking about like chronic or autoimmune or whatever terminology, when it's like, we can't really find the root um, and the, you know, whatever's happening in the medical field, not, not people like you, people that aren't listening. Um, it's like a prescription and an unknown diagnosis is attached to it. And that's really lonely and isolating. How do you connect with someone else or find community when you don't even know what's going on and you don't know where to begin because you haven't been directed? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think too, what uh, touching on that, I know f- something that um, is important to you and your practice is listening to your body, going back to that, like disassociating from our bodies. Um, is that big when patients come into you? Is that they're not listening? And Absolutely, 100%. And especially if there's been an event where our brain is so, I mean, we are intelligently wired. And when something happens that may not be a pleasant experience, our brain keeps us going, correct? You know, like we, we are amazing creatures that our brain will be like, this is, this is a, you know, red flag body, or if something physically happened to your body, our brain will disconnect from that. And it's kind of that similar thing. I know we hear this terminology of lot of like adrenals and, you know, having this cortisol and all these different things happen in our body. But those things are normal. So when we have a traumatic event happen, we want that to occur. Okay. So we want that to occur, but we want that to come back down to a normal level. And we want our brain to get out of that fight or flight when once we feel safe and get back into that parasympathetic rest, digest, that sort of, you know, that part of the nervous system. But when we do have those traumatic things happen, a lot of times if we're not able to process, we tend to go into that that next section of it, it's that fight, flight, or freeze. And our brain will actually change in that moment. And we won't be able to shift back over as easily. And the longer that stays, that's, that's neuroplasticity, right? So we're, we're keeping that pathway going mm-hmm. um, in a way. And so, you know, you get someone in that has had something like that. And we have completely shut down from body. 
So we're all up in the head space. And I, um, for example, I'll, I do a lot with diaphragmatic breathing. I will, that'll be the first place I see it, Grace, is I will say, let's take, let's do belly breath. And we can't even, we can't even activate it. Hmm. It's just like everything is just shut down. And our breath is everything. You know, our breath is connected to, you know, our brain, our, you know, our diaphragm is one of our, our main muscles for, for breathing. And unfortunately, we tend to be chest breathers. And especially if we've had trauma happen. And so it's almost hard for women to sit and even take a deep breath without completely breaking down. Hmm. And it's, and it's common. It's common. And I see it all the time. And you would think that like, Oh, it's just breathing. No, it's, that's a big deal because when we've been in that fight, fight or freeze, we probably were definitely not belly breathing <laughs> during whatever was happening. So um, yeah, it's, it's this huge disconnect and it's, it's easier. And I don't want to say it's easier to see because we still have miles and miles of research to do in this field as well. But when someone has a traumatic brain injury or a concussion, you know, they may lose or a stroke, for example, um, they may lose feeling on one side of their body, right? Or like one side of the body may not work as well as the other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that same, that same idea, right? So we have to those wires are there like our brain has done that once we can do it again but we just have to wake that back up and a lot of times in that waking in that transition that's where the hard stuff has to happen because it's been a long time since we've since we've been there so yeah it's um and we do it out of you know it's protective mechanism like we're doing it out of protection and our body loves us and our body's not doing it out of, oh my goodness, you're broken. Hmm. There's something wrong with you. It, there was a really, really great reason that happened. Yeah. And so we just have to figure out when that was and what happened and try to work through that if we're now in a safe place. Hmm. And how, I mean, first off, that's really fascinating about taking a belly breath, um, Cause that's, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that a kind of a signal of full being fully relaxed, like from a physiological um, state? Well, it's in a sense, yes, cause we should be breathing from our belly. So if you see a baby, like a healthy, a healthy baby, um, they're going to be breathing with their belly. Okay. And that's just, and that's, that's our core. That's like core work at its best um, is using our diaphragm. And so being able to activate that, um, yes, is, is, is the root of how we, how we started. So, but we, we do become dysfunctional. I mean, we're in a society too, where it's like, suck in, get to your skinny jeans. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's so many factors, so many factors to this. Um, I was just in a, uh, a birth fit professional seminar all weekend and it's based on, um, ENS principles, which I, um, started studying a little bit over a decade ago. Um, and it all goes back to those reflexes as a baby and how we should still be moving through those patterns as adults. But unfortunately we, we become dysfunctional, whether that is an emotional trauma, physical trauma, we've been told to suck in, not let our belly hang, you know, all those different things. But Mm -hmm. that creates a whole, if we're doing something, no matter what that something is, it becomes a habit. And that, 
that's what sticks with us. And especially we see it true with trauma. Mm. But we especially see that after trauma just because it's, that's a big deal. You know, like it's not, oh, I just sprained my ankle um, when we have that emotional component. It's, it's a much broader, a much broader picture in the body. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And, and I've talked to a few people um, in the, you know, mental health community just about breathing and we forget the importance. And I'm just glad that meditation and yoga are things that are becoming a little bit more common words that we see. And so that's a, that's a safe place to do that and find that. Yeah. Um, it, but for, for you and your practice, how, how do you go about maybe guiding or teaching someone to begin to listen to their body if they've spent most of their life not doing so? It may just start out like usually 100% of the time it's simply that breath mm. and it's, and it's finding, you know, if they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't meditate. I can't, I can't do this. It's let's set a timer on your phone. I mean, I have, I do this for so many people. I set a, set a timer on your phone and let's just take breaks every hour and let's just do three deep breaths. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to sit down and take 30 minutes to meditate. Brain wants repetition in order to change. That doesn't mean we have to do something for a long period of time in one setting. We can do little bits throughout the day. And just letting someone find their breath. And I love, you know, hands on our belly, hands on our heart, hands on, you know, if someone... A lot of times it's that core that we work on, but every once in a while you all have someone that, you know, for some reason can't feel feet or can't feel legs. And we may do grounding things out in the yard or put something where they can, you know, some tactile sensation on whatever body part mm. um, we're needing to, to wake up. But most of the time, I 100% of the time start with that breath because that's the center, right? And so mm. if we don't have that, it's going to be really hard for us to find that sensation elsewhere. And so it's just those little things. It doesn't have to be anything large. Like the person that is so busy and is going 90 miles an hour all day can take, I mean, 30 seconds, right? 30 seconds to a minute to, to just start with breath and to, and to feel their breath, like put their hands on their belly and feel their breath. And um, it's, it makes, it's a, huge, huge um, reward. It really, really is. I've had, you know, moms, especially I work with a lot of postpartum and prenatal moms and it's, they get, they get their stuff back because that was a big deal to have a baby and birth a baby. And um, sometimes you feel very used, you know, your body feels very used and depleted. And just to get that breath back sometimes is everything for them to, to feel like they are a person again mm. so yeah. it's yeah so just starting small it doesn't have to be like you know you don't have to go to some like rehab place and do all kinds of work you can do this stuff just sitting in your car sitting at your desk you know when you yeah. get ready to go to bed at night just take a couple minutes and do that and um it's it's shocking if you do it for day in and day out how that really changes you yeah. Oh, I, I believe it. I know the effects. <laughs> and even, I mean, even I would go a step further and, and ask you, how do, what is your approach besides like, well, you can include this too, like having a space to share your story, but 
what is the approach for allowing people to trust you for, because this is, you know, when we talk about our body, we're also talking about our story, as we've mentioned, and even trauma, which you can touch on that if you'd like, because I think mm-hmm. so I'm scared of that word. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. I know, again, I know my experience with you, but I'm curious in your mind, attempting the process of healing, how do you get your patient to trust you and, and the path you're, they're going to go on with you besides the fact that you have letters after your name, because that's, that's not it, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that's a good question, Grace. Um, I think, and, I, and I'm not, you know, not one person is always for everyone. Right. And I, as I have been a provider for many years now, I've worked really hard in, before I walk into that next room to clear off anything else that has happened um that last patient and to just not bring that into the space especially when I'm meeting you know with a new patient for the first time and I think just being present and looking at someone even asking I always require um you know my intakes and paperwork way before their appointment so I can be prepared for that and already know something, you know, several things about them. And just walking in and like creating that space of like, I'm, you're the only thing that matters right now. You know, this is where we are. We are present. And um, I guess as, as I'm getting wiser, we can say that, right, instead of older. Um, <laughs> but just having, but having um, just not that rushed behavior with patients. I mean, I used mm. to do that don't get, I'm not like, this is not how I've always practiced. Um, but creating that time and letting them know that this is your time. Like I'm here just with you for the next 60, 90 minutes mm-hmm. and no one else matters except for you. And I think just making that a priority right when you walk in the room, um, the first thing I hear is just, I mean, after like five or 10 minutes, it's like, thank you. No one's ever taken the time Mm. to even ask me that. Right. And so, Mm. and it's not about, it's my training and it's, it's what, like I said, what all we all should be doing in the healthcare field. Um, But yeah, I think just creating a space for that. And unfortunately, like you said, a lot of my patients have been several places. And so I'm not, I'm not the first stop ever. Mm. So that can be hard because they also are walking in expecting a quick fix. Yeah. And I don't offer quick fixes. And so I think that's where I could improve upon where maybe, you know, even on the front end, like, are you really ready? Hmm. You know, like I'm always going to be there for them, but just, you know, I don't know. I feel I've been toiling with that in my mind because I've had a couple instances, especially um, as I see a lot of patients going through IVF and a lot of failed IVF and, you know, something different has to happen if we want a different outcome this round. Right. And so we can't just do that quick, that quick fix and we have to be ready to dive. And sometimes we're just not ready to do that yet. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think, and when that happens, like I've learned to not take that personally now we're used to, I did. And I didn't sleep for days and, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? 
this patient's not getting better or, you know, all these different things. And, you know, all I can do is create that safe space, give them time to tell their story and us dive in together. Um, and then, you know, do whatever appropriate, you know, diagnostics and things we need to do from there um, on the medical side of things. But yeah, it's, that's an interesting, it's an interesting point. And I think just that being present and being there with someone and, and sharing space and asking their why and asking their story um, allows that trust to start to build. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think, again, I can speak from my own experience of knowing you that there was a moment where uh, the first time meeting you that you, you asked me about my story and, and when did, you know, I came in for one condition and left and realized there was a lot more going on because no one had looked at other parts. They only focused on the symptom, but um, you know, you asking those questions and other questions that I had just had never been asked. I said to you, uh, you know, I've never been asked this um, or the fact that I, Again, we're getting into specifics here, but th this is just a, to, to shine a light and highlight this. You know, I had two severe concussions and once the doctors were done, they were done. And after meeting with mm -hmm. you, there was a lot more going on. And I just, I was not taught. And I, I think that's something so incredible about and what needs to be done more often, but this is something you do is you so gracefully explain what's happening and what it could be because like you said it's not a quick fix the journey with you or a holistic practitioner is we have to look at all of the organs and all of the facets <laughs> of the body and pinpoint where are they connecting where are they not what's working what's not mm -hmm. and there's there's going to be more than one thing going on and i think maybe that's even i'm kind of going off my head here but maybe that's part of what's like just traditional medicine is like, oh, you have, like, um, I'll just use me for example, oh, you have eczema, here is a prescription. And we don't really know what it is, but it's kind of allergy-based, bye. And when going right. into it was like, actually, it's more related to your gut. Also, this is happening in your blood work. Also, the concussions. And so there were so many things happening. My body was exhausted, but no one took the time to see if, if that was real um, because no one asked besides what are the, they didn't actually, didn't really ask even other symptoms. So it's, uh, you know, holistic meaning whole body. I think that's the point here is that we can't look at one piece. And um, mm. we, I think I'm rambling now, but as a patient, I've trusted you and I'm sure other people have too, because you've said like, I see all of you. I see all that's going on and I'm going to vocalize that. And if we've never had anyone say that before, we don't know the feeling that that brings, which is, I'm going to be okay, you know? So right. I think that's, right. I rambled, but that's kind of been, no, no, it's together. good. And we want, I want people to know, like, there's so many providers out there that, that are that, right. That are, that are like, this is, you're going to be heard. You're going to have more than two minutes with me. And we're going to figure out the root problem, whether that's from a brain-based situation where we need to see the top doctor in functional neurology because we have, you know, a really horrible, horrible neurological condition going on. Or is it, you know, trying to figure out a pathogen or figuring out the trigger for this unknown, you know, 
domino effect of autoimmune conditions, you know, that we're having. So it's, it's getting to someone that, that sees this and that understands that it's not just a Band-Aid because we can do creams and, and we're already seeing this in children now, you know, with the eczema and going on that. It's just, you know, we can't just do a cream and think it's going to work. Like there's a reason the body's doing that. Yeah, and um, our body is really, really smart, and so we have to figure out, um, you know, where that's coming from and getting to that root cause mm-hmm. in the brain, or if it's in the body, and usually it's all connected into one big, complicated cobweb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, which yeah. makes this really hard. Yes, all this really hard, um, and why we constantly have to learn and stay up to date. Exactly. Everything as much as much as we can. Yeah, um, and I think even yeah. as a patient, that reminds me. Like, I never used to ask questions to my practitioners or doctors. I just believed them, rightfully so. I mean, it was you know whatever. But um, when I started, not to ask you questions out of like, are you sure you know this? But more like, hey, I heard about this. Could it be connected with that? Or yeah, not WebMDing everything, but really researching and learning. And this was just my journey, learning more naturally holistic approaches. But I think that's something really key to key here too is in this alternative holistic area, the you and other doctors will answer questions and will not like. <laughs> shut you off for asking a question that may be like out in left field. You know, I, I mean, you know, I sent you emails like crazy. Like I noticed this. What about the lymph nodes? What about this? And that's okay because that gives clarity. And sometimes that you as the patient might notice something that the doctor didn't. And so it's, again, having that space allows you to ask those questions and you become more in touch with what's going on and you become your your own little expert. I mean, I think that's that's so important, and everyone is their own doctor when when treated that way. Yes, and you are your best doctor. I mean, that is I'm I'm not going to heal anyone. That is not why I'm here. It is for you to have that self empowerment that I want to educate myself so I can make the best decisions for myself and my family, you know, whatever that topic is. And, and for me, I want my patients asking questions because that's the only way I learn. Mm. Like that is how we learn and grow. I don't know everything. And I always laugh by one of my good friends that's um, a PA. I saw her yesterday. And it was just like, the more we learn, the less I know. Like it's just, mm. you go into this hole of like, we know nothing. And mm. we have, you know, there's so much research to be done. And more importantly than research, listening to patients and how they're feeling. Because mm-hmm. that, you know, that tells us more answers than whatever the latest research on, you know, Hashimoto's or eczema or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. It's listening to that person because they're experiencing that. And no, it is not in your head and you're not crazy. Um, you are having that. Like that is you. And yeah, if your doctor is not listening to you or provider, um, whatever the case may be, it might be time to find someone new, you know, like if you're not being heard, because that yeah. comes down to that. Cause we're, we're all human. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything about everything. Cause I sure as heck don't. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that I learned from you sending me those emails, right? Like yeah. that's, that's the kind of stuff where like it helps me think because it's going to help me with someone else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's good stuff. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank of you for that. Uh, you're <laughs> welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> you're like, wait, Don't be wait, sorry wait. ever. Don't reply to the last one. I found an updated article. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would lead me to my last question, which I like to ask people, what does the world need more of in your opinion? Oh goodness. So many things, right? Especially right now we need, I think we just, we need more people, um, to just stop and, and listen, stop and connect. Like we have all of this stuff now, like we're, you know, electronics and this and social media and I mean we can just you know there's an app there's a this there's a that and we're still human and we still have hearts and our brains are still working and we're putting so much information in that at the end of the day like we can't sleep (laughs) we um, are all stressed out because we're doing too much and I think you know we're at a place where we can really make a turn if we can just stop and be and and be connected and listen and listen to ourselves you know listen to our to what our body's telling us um my mom always told me we can only control about three feet out from ourselves (laughs) Um, and if we, and if we do a good job and are being kind and, you know, reaching out to someone in need or whatever that is, like if everyone did that, things would shift like in a really huge way that we have to listen and take care of ourselves first and then be able to, you know, share that outward to other people that are in need or may not have that voice like we talked about, you know, they may not know their voice yet, but I think if we can just calmly slow down and listen and connect with each other, um, things, things would start shifting in a big way. Mm, I agree. And I love that. Thank you for that. And thank you for, sharing your story and your expertise and all the wonderful tidbits in there that the world needs to hear more of, in my opinion. So thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you in this way. And also like, I just was thinking how cool it is that people can now hear a doctor and a patient have a conversation. That's an interview, but also just a conversation. Um, you know, that's really, that's we're we're shining a light on that. Just the importance of this. So Thank you yes, for being willing to yes. be a part of this. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Grace, so much. And thank you for everything you're doing. And this is um, this is how you get the word out. And like I said, let other people know that there is another way. Mm. That there is a way for for um, us to start that, that next step in that true healing. So thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you got a lot from it. I know I definitely did. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Grace Googs, and we'll see you next week.